0: Did you come and sit a little closer? Did people come and sit? Thank you, Karen. You will have noticed that there's a few people away. There's a, there's a wave of illness going through the community. And uh, to be safe for everybody else, some people have stayed away. They've had to. So uh, it's just us this morning, guys. Just us. Have a look around. This is the team. The A team. Yeah, I don't want to start. We've called a few people. <laughs> oh, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. (laughs) We still got one there. (laughs) The best one, yeah, you are the best one, Amy. Awesome. Well, I might pray before I start. Father, I just thank you, Lord God, for another morning to come together, Lord God, at this church, to be with this family, Father. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you foresaw everybody that was going to be here this morning, Lord God, and that you have tailored and customized your word for their heart, for their situation, Lord. So, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your presence always with us and around us in this house. And uh, Father, we just pray, Lord God, for spirit of revelation this morning in here, spirit of freedom, Lord God, and celebration for who we are in you, Lord God. In the Jesus name, Amen. 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 Well, um, we've had some storms in Carpeti, haven't we? Uh, last Sunday and Monday we had some of the worst weather that I've seen, chaotic weather, a storm, unpredictable winds, rain, hail, thunder and lightning in this, uh, in this city and across, I guess, the nation, particularly the lower half of this North Island. And we were sitting at home on Sunday, and at 3.30, we, I heard like a, like a it sounded like thunder, but it was building and building, it was getting bigger, and it seemed like it was coming closer, and then we heard like a whistling go around the house, and and it felt like it ran down our street. And it was a a little mini tornado. Yeah, wow. Yeah, (laughs) wow. I've never seen one before. So it was was just a mini one. But it whipped up all the rubbish, all the bins. It ripped branches off trees. And it whipped our letterbox off the top of its post and threw it into the middle of the road, which, you know, that letterbox has probably been there for 30 years, doing its job, just uh, sitting there unassuming, (laughs) and gets blown into the middle of the road. Yeah. So uh, I popped out and grabbed the letterbox and I picked up some bins and bits and pieces in our sort of area. But when I came back inside and I was looking out because we had all the blinds open so we could see the weather because it was impressive. I saw the post sitting there. So there were a whole bunch of things standing. Houses were still standing. Cars were still where they were. But this post stood out to me because despite the fact that the letterbox had blown away, the post still stood. The post still stood there doing its job. It was solid and immovable. In this chaotic weather event, in the storm, in amongst the unpredictable winds, the rain and the hail, the thunder and the lightning, the post still stood. And it made me consider what was different about the post. What was different about the post compared to the letterbox? The letterbox was held on by a couple of screws. That was it. But the post had at least a third of its length buried underground, and it had concrete in the base of it, and it was stamped down with soil, and it had been there for 30 years, standing in every kind of weather. And so it had a firm foundation. The letterbox didn't have a firm foundation. But the poll did, the post did. And we're living in times where there are storms in the world, all sorts of storms, political storms. There are wars going on. There are financial storms. Sitting here right now, as you sit here right here today, there are storms going on in your life, perhaps around you, perhaps people you love and know. In this life, in this world, you don't have to go far to look for a storm. If you just live long enough, it'll come to you. And the post really is an illustration of the landscape of our lives. If you look around you, you're going to see some posts. You're going to see some people who have deep foundations, who have strong foundations, who aren't easily moved, who aren't easily shaken. Our pastor, Pastor Robin, Pastor Peter and Pastor Lisa, but our our pastor, Pastor Robin, unshaken, unmoved, I don't know, she's only 34, so what's that, 14 14 years of ministry? (laughs) Pastor Robin has seen every storm you can see as a pastor in this church, and she still stands, and she's unwavering, and I've never heard any fear come out of her mouth, no doubt, only faith. If you look around you, you're going to find some posts, but you're also going to find some letterboxes. Who wants to be a letterbox? Nobody. Nobody. You know I've been in this church for 16 years and I've seen some letterboxes and that's not being critical of anybody. Everybody goes through their own things in their own time in their own seasons but I've seen people come into this church and say that they were called by God to be here at the center church. People who have come in and told our pastor they'll never ever leave. People who have come in and said that their ministry is a calling. It's not juicy. It's a calling. They were called by God to that ministry People who were connected here by friendship and fellowship. People who made promises that they never kept. People whose seasons ended here. I'm not talking about the people who were moved by God to go and do something amazing for him somewhere else. I'm talking about people that never got to the end of their promise. People who were blown around by the wind because their foundation was weak. Their foundation wasn't strong enough. And I pray that all of those that fell off will come back to God. Fulfill their purpose. Fulfill their destiny. But we've all seen it. And even in our own lives, you'll have people that you work with, perhaps family members, that you thought you'd always be close to. And something comes along and blows them around. In a church, it's boredom, frustration, and offense, usually, that move people on. Often it's not a call from God, it's that those things blow them around because they don't have a foundation that holds them. I'm not trying to be critical. What I'm trying to do is inspire and motivate you to deepen your foundation, to get to know God more intimately today than you knew him yesterday, because we are living in a world that is full of storms. You are living a life that you are surrounded by storms. The difference for us is that we have God. We have the almighty power of this universe. We have the wisdom of the word of God. We have the truth. We have the power of God living on the inside of us. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ that anchors us, Our foundation is in Christ Jesus. I know I'm telling you stuff that you already know, but man, we all need some motivation, some encouragement right now, right? Matthew 7:24 says, "Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Who wants to be a letterbox on the sand when you can be a post founded on the rock? Matthew 21, verse 42, says, and this is Jesus speaking Have you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? The stone that they said was fake, the stone that they said wasn't the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the stone that they spat on, that they threw stuff at, that they beat, the stone that carried his own cross to the hill to be crucified, the stone that was rejected is now the chief cornerstone of the foundation of our lives, the foundation of the church the representation of God on this earth. If your life is founded on a strong foundation, that being Jesus Christ, being the cornerstone, then every stone of your foundation is aligned. Your foundation is stronger because he's in it. You have come to the knowledge of the revelation that Jesus Christ is your Lord, your Savior, and your Deliverer, and there is nothing else but Jesus, but God, but the Holy Spirit. In these times that we're living in, we need Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. Think about your foundation. What are you standing on right now? I don't want to have any second thoughts. I want my foundation to hold me strong so that I'm always for God, so that God is the priority of my life. and every storm that I face, I respond in a God way. I'm not saying I do, I'm saying I want to. I don't want to have any second thoughts. I don't want to ever back out. I don't want to ever waver or doubt. Of course there are times of wavering, but I don't want to. I want to be solid. I want to have a foundation that holds me strong with Jesus. Luke 9.62 says, And Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. A harsh reality. No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. No one who has second thoughts after understanding the revelation that Jesus Christ is your Lord, your Savior, and your Deliverer, that he died for our sin and our sickness so that we could be free, every chain broken, and then turns away and has second thoughts, is fit for the kingdom of God, is fit for the fight because we are in a fight. Whether you know it or not, we are in a battle, and Jesus is saying, no one who decides for me to follow me and then turns back, walks away from the plow. I imagine there are lots of us who have thought about looking back. There are some tough times as a Christian. Doing things the God way is sometimes not the easy way but I want to be fit for the kingdom of God. I want to be fit for the fight. I want to do everything that I can to make sure that I can be effective for God in everything that I do. I want to. And so the first point is build a strong foundation. Make sure that your foundation is strong enough for growth. You see, the foundation I had when I first got saved was about this big and it was big enough for a tiny house because that's all I was. That's all I had in me was kind of tiny house power. I had the power of God on the inside of me, but I hadn't tapped into it. I didn't understand it. But we're meant to grow in God, aren't we? Each and every day, we should be getting closer to God. Each and every day, we should be building an intimate relationship with God. And the more we know God, the bigger our foundation becomes, the bigger the building. You know, I can use my brother as an example. When he first came into the kingdom of God, he got a a radical, had a radical salvation, radical transformation. He was starting from the back foot. But he walked into the kingdom of God as a king and a priest. He just hadn't equipped himself yet. He just hadn't deepened his foundation yet. He just wasn't strong enough in his foundation yet. All I'm saying is that back then when he first started and he was on sound, compared to the foundation that he has now where he's an evangelist, that has led probably hundreds, maybe a thousand people to the Lord, He's preached at this pulpit for over 20 years, maybe 20 years? Seems like 20 years. (laughs) I just mean one message. It's like, (laughs) Who saw the message last week? Wow. (laughs) You see, the foundation he started with isn't big enough to hold him today, and it's not going to be big enough to hold him in the future. He has to continue to build his foundation. Build his foundation on the word of God, on his relationship with God, to become more understanding of God, to know who he is. When you first start out in God, you kind of start with intention. You start thinking about how God wants to use you. But once you understand the Word of God, once you understand your purpose and your destiny, you need a bigger foundation. It's true, isn't it? The foundation that Pastor Robin started with is not the foundation that she has today. It's the same thing. It's still an intimate relationship with God. It's still a knowledge of the Word, but I'm sure that her foundation is deeper and stronger today in the role that she's in now where God's positioned her So the second point in how we build a stronger foundation for God, of God is more of God. More of God. I'm going to ask you how we get more of God, but I've got a few things here. And I've got an analogy here. I'm going to fake it because it's not mine. I found it from someone else, but I'm going to make out like I'm the person. So um, I was having a cup of tea with someone the other day. And I'm a person who has a puts the cup down, puts the tea bag inside the cup. I pour the water on the tea bag. I put the milk in. I drink the cup of tea with the tea bag in it because that's how I do it. Right? How many people do that? How many people are normal? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> here we go. I saw you nodding when I was saying it. <laughs> uh, a lot of abnormal people in here. Uh, Amy, how do you how do you do yours, Amy? Oh yeah. Well, I don't know, but <laughs> James makes it. but the person I was with they poured the water in the cup and then they dipped the tea bag inside the water and they took it out threw it away and put the milk in and I wondered why that was and I asked them you know why don't you just leave the tea bag in the cup and they said because if I leave the tea bag in the cup my tea gets too strong if I leave the tea bag to stand in the cup, if I leave the tea bag to linger in the cup then my tea becomes too strong you see if we linger with God if we stay with God, if we Never dip out of God, then we get stronger. It's a, it's a natural reaction. But if you dip into God, if you dip in on a Sunday and then you dip out from Monday to Saturday, you dip back in on a Sunday, you are not strengthening your foundation. Not the way that you could if you linger in God. Not the way you could if you get to know God. Not the way you could if you prayed with God all week and got to know Him better. If you started to understand who you are in Christ Jesus. Jesus. If you started to linger, if you started to abide and stand and remain with God, you'd be so much stronger. And I'm not saying you're not. I'm saying we should. It's the same at the gym. We have really two types of members. We have some members. Kyle's one of them. Five days, six days a week in there, maybe twice a day, this guy, (laughs) getting the gains. But he's consistent, and I've watched him train from when he got here. He's consistently got better, bigger, stronger, faster. In his case, is bigger, more muscular. <laughs> Even in Kyle's case, better relationships. From being there more consistently, from lingering, from remaining and standing in the gym, he's built relationships with the people around him. And then we have another type of member who are the members who come in maybe two or three times a week, then they have a week off, they have another week off, they come back for a session, they go away for a week. Who's laughing? Who's <laughs> yeah. We're not going to name those members. You know who you are. (laughs) Yeah. Consistency in God, lingering with God, remaining with God, abiding with God, and standing with God. That's how we grow. That's how we get to know God better. That's how we get to know ourselves better in God. The more consistent we are with God, the more we get to know our identity. Richard's message last week was identify your identity. Establish your identity. Set as permanent your identity identity. In Christ Jesus when I spend more time with God I get to know him better which means I know myself in Christ better I know the things that he has for me I'm not having to guess I'm not having to say I don't hear his voice because if I'm spending time with God if I'm praying to God if I'm reading the word of God then I'm guided by God and I know Him more intimately don't dip in and out of God even if you're working and your mind is distracted, the minute your mind settles, let's settle back on God. Settle back on what God wants for us, for that minute, for that hour, for the rest of the day. Linger with God, remain with God, abide with God. And as you come to know God better, you're going to come to know that God has a love that is unconditional, that meets every need, that means hearts, You know, some people, I've heard lots of people, and you would have heard this, you invite someone to church, they say, oh, if I walk in that building, it'll burn down. Who said that? God's love is not surprised by any human being on this earth. He's seen it all from the beginning to the end. Even up to now, he's seen people worse than us. Hard to believe. (laughs) Even till now, he's seen people worse than us. His love meets every need. His love meets every broken heart. You see, God doesn't have to try to love. It's not like me. I don't have to... God doesn't have to do what I do. I have to try and love someone. I have to try and look past the distractions and perhaps some of the frustrating things about that person to love them. God doesn't have to do that because he is love. God is love. He doesn't even have to try. He can't not be love. 1 John 4, 16 says, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. God is love. And whoever abides, whoever stands, whoever remains in love, stands, remains, abides in God, and God stands, remains, and abides in him. When I first came to this church, I was surprised by by the amount of niceness. Used to be a lot of nice people here, guys. <laughs> a lot of them were letterboxes. <laughs> Some of the posts remain. I just wasn't used to it because I came out of, out of the world, I guess, where people weren't that welcoming, you know. People were defensive and protective of what they had. But I came into this church and I was saying this morning, I felt like they had, you guys had a microphone system. You're kind of saying, hey, the guys, going into the cafe now. Someone say they love him. Someone say he's awesome, you know. That's what it felt like. And it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming. It actually made me, when I came sometimes, the first few times, want to just leave because I couldn't cope with the love. You see, when you meet a Christian, unless they're wearing Jesus across their forehead or something like that or carrying a Bible, it's, it's love. It's love that introduces Christ to you, isn't it? People talk about loving people into the kingdom of God. When you meet someone who just has this love for you before they even know you, you kind of you know there's something different about them at least, if not, that they know Jesus Christ. And so what I'm saying is, if you are in a storm today, the same way that the post was, if you're in the middle of something today, if you've got something coming up, if you know someone who is a neighbor who's annoying you, someone at work who's annoying you, someone who you have challenges with, then apply love. Respond like God would respond, respond with love. And look how that situation changes. It's actually one of our most simple principles. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. Love God, learn how to love, and then love people. That's an instruction. Go out this week into whatever storm you're in and apply love. Use wisdom, but apply love. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. I just want to use the last bit just to press the point home. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 13 says this, So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. We all know that scripture. So now faith and hope, which are big words. Faith and hope are big words. But the greatest of these is love. It just presses home the point, doesn't it? we have to love people in a world where there's not a lot of love, in a world where our leaders, the people around us aren't really thinking of people, they're thinking of themselves. We need to be the people who love people, to go out of our way to love people. Just start with the people in our family around us and work our way up from there. You know, when it comes to family, I heard someone say this, if we knew our end date, wouldn't we live our lives differently? If it wasn't like zero and we're wondering where we're going to get to, if we knew where we were going to get to, if I knew that I just had three years left, how much love would I have to give? How much time wouldn't I waste? How many family members would I want to just love on, would I want to just spend time with? How much time would I spend with my children? It's not a morbid thought, it's just there's an urgency in life that sometimes we don't get, and sometimes we're apathetic about it. But apply love. In every area of your life, apply love. Can we do that? Yeah. The last point is know your why. Know your why. It's a catchphrase now. Everybody says it about sport and stuff. Know your why. Rebel sport coined the phrase as well. Know your why. Do you know why you came into the kingdom of God? I'm not talking about destiny. I'm talking about what was your why? What made you decide to receive Jesus? Why do you continue to follow God? Why do you continue to read his word? Why do you come to church on a Sunday? Why do do some of you come to the 9 o'clock session and the 10.30 service? Not you, Rich, but why do some of you do that? Why are some of you sacrificing? Yeah. (laughs) Not that kind of Why? (laughs) If you don't know your why, it makes it really hard to put some effort and passion into building your foundation, doesn't it? So I'm going to ask you guys why. Just short, just a short answer. Who can give me a why? And I'm talking about a personal why. I'm not saying because someone told me God is amazing or because I'm doing it for someone else or I came to God because someone else did and I followed them. I'm saying in your life, and you don't have to give details, but in your life, what was the factor... What was the why? What caused you to decide to receive Jesus as your saviour? Is anybody brave enough to share that? Your children. Awesome. That's a really good one, yeah. 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 You still working on that, bro? Okay. <laughs> Now listen, I, Darcy's not working on that. He's awesome. Anybody else got a Y? Who was that? Nice. Yep. You love God. Yes, you do, Poppy. Yes, you do. God loves you too. Oh no. Right. Are you asking me or? (laughs) Sounded like you were saying, why am I here? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're talking about really, isn't it? Why are we doing all these things? Why do we follow God when it's much easier in life just to do the easy way? Take the easy road. Why have we gone out of our way to follow God? Why have we gone out of our way to put faith in something like this? Even if you don't have anything today, it's something worth considering because then that gives you the passion to continue to build your foundation. Every day when you get up, in fact, Alison this morning said she wouldn't get out of bed without God. God is her purpose. God gets her out of bed. She's not going to get out of bed. She's not going to probably be motivated to get out of bed to go to work, even to go out and do a hobby or something like that. But God gets her out of bed because God has put a purpose in her life. And he probably loved her like nobody else could. My wife was very similar to um, Richard and sorry, you're... B. B, that's right. Um, I just wanted to live life a different way. I was living life in a way that wasn't fun anymore. It had grown stale and it was old. And I felt like I'd lost control of some of the areas of my life. And I just, I'd just i seen through my brother an example of what it meant to live as a Christian. I'd met lots of you guys here. I'd met Pastor Robin and Tucker and a few other people here. And I wanted what you guys had. I wanted to live free. And I didn't even know what that meant, but I knew that I wasn't living free. I knew that I wasn't living a life that I could, like, be proud of or have a future in. I was just living from day to day, and I was living life without love for people and in fact, the exact opposite. But I saw my brother in two, uh, 1996. 1996, transform, radically transformed, supernaturally transformed. I think I, he got saved on a Sunday and the following Saturday, I saw him, he already had a job. He, he gets eczema, his skin had cleared up, everything was different, he was bright, he felt like he had a future and I, I didn't, he didn't have to tell me that, I could just see it written all over him. And then watched his life just evolve and married and a family and looking after young people who used to have a house across the road and after church, you'd pretty much walk out and all the young people would go straight from here across the road and be on his lawn. And I remember thinking, man, I'd hate that. No. (laughs) No, I would probably, but I loved the idea, I loved the idea that my brother was being used to help young people because I knew he had a gift for that. And so I could see that he had a purpose that God was now using that he couldn't have used in his everyday life before that. So... I wanted what he had and I wanted to have a legacy for my family that was in God and I wanted to come into the kingdom and fight for something that was righteous and, uh, and be a part of this church. You know, once I got into the church though, um, you know, my why really, and it should be all of our why, is the Great Commission. We are tasked instructed, we're on a mission to see people saved, to see people have the same sort of transformation that we've had, aren't we? To experience the love of God, to experience the abounding grace of God, something that can't be measured. And so Mark uh, 16, 15 says, and he said to them, this is Jesus, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. Go into the world and proclaim the good news of God. Tell him, tell everybody about the revelation that Jesus Christ is your Lord, your Savior and your Deliverer, and tell them in a real way how he's affected your life, how receiving Jesus, how knowing God has affected your life, how you've walked into a purpose that you never knew you had, that you feel like you've got a future and a hope. You're not living a dead-end life anymore. There's something bigger than you, and you understand it because it's on the inside of you. We're called to take that message out to those who are lost, and we call them lost because they don't know Jesus yet. I want the people around me, my family, to receive everlasting life. When I get to heaven, I want to see them there. When I walk into the throne room, I want to see them there. I want them to greet me, and when they come, I want to greet them. I want to hear through the messenger that my grandson is coming or my granddaughter is coming. I want to be waiting at the door to see them. Matthew uh, twenty-eight nineteen says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We are called to go out and make disciples of all nations. That doesn't just mean countries. That means nations. That means groups of people. I spoke about the nation of Islam this morning. I've got a friend that goes into the Middle East and, and uh, leads Muslims to Jesus. He does that because he knows his why, because he's passionate, because he understands the Great Commission. And because when he gets there, he goes there with the power of God. And he breaks chains on people that don't know Jesus. We're called to do those things. Do you know that there are people sitting in this room, if you just stay long enough, if you linger and remain and stand with God, then God might have something just amazing for you. He might have something, a purpose for you that you can't even recognize right now. There might be somebody in this room who who hates public speaking, who becomes a person who changes the world. It could be this this, uh, child over here. Could Could be this child. Who knows? But if you don't linger long enough, if you don't stay, if you don't get to know yourself in Christ Jesus, how do you ever get to your destiny or your purpose? Someone is going to change the tide in this world. It could be someone sitting here right now. James 5.8 says, You too, be patient and stand firm. Remain firm, abide firm, because the Lord's coming is near. You know, that's another reason for us to stand, for us to abide and remain in God, is that one day soon Jesus is going to appear in the sky, and there's going to be lightning that goes across the sky from the east to the west. There's going to be a sound of a trumpet. And when that happens, I want to be able to say, Man, I'm still here, Lord. I'm still here where I'm supposed to be. I'm still doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm still solid on the foundation of Jesus Christ. I want to hear him say, well done. Well done. I want to know that I did everything that I was supposed to do. How do you turn away from a God that transformed your life? Once you know the love of God and you know the grace of God, how do you then turn away from it? How do you walk away from it? I know nobody in this room knows. Because you're all here. But I want to get to the end of my destiny because I want to know what my identity is in Christ. Who in this room feels like they're meant to do something great? You've already done it Pastor Robin. <laughs> you've there's more for you but you've already you've already started. <laughs> if you think you like I think there are people who know and have known from a young age that they're meant to do something great. They just don't know what it is. They just don't know what it is right now. Linger in God, abide in God, stand with God, remain in God and have it revealed to you. You know, when I first uh, became a Christian, I used to pray and say, even if I'm just meant to raise up children who become great for God, who do something great for God, look, it's fine doing what we're doing. I'm saying there are some people who are going to change the world. And it might be one of us. And I would have been happy, still happy with my children, raising them up in the Lord and believing that they're going to go on and do some great stuff for God, even just get one person saved. It's a miraculous, great gift for God, isn't it? You too be patient and stand firm. In the storms of life, don't give up. In the storms of life, don't be discouraged, don't be distracted, don't give up. God always has a solution. I spoke about this in my last message. It's waiting the right way for the answer between believe and receive. When you pray, in the time between believe and receive, do not be discouraged. Do not waver. Stay in faith. Be expectant. Understand that God is going to make the change that you've asked for. It may not look like what you think it's meant to look like. In fact, it usually doesn't. But don't put a time frame on God. Stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Jesus is coming back. There's some urgency in the things that we're doing on earth. I talked about it before an end date. Everybody in this room has a family member, a friend, a work colleague that they want to see saved. If you don't, start searching. You know, uh, the title of the message is Stand. I forgot to say that. I don't know if it's on the screen. Huh, <laughs> it's on the screen. <laughs> it's Stand, guys. Why are you laughing at me, Amy? <laughs> I'm funny. See, I'm funny. Um, you know, when you measure a man, you should never get the measuring tape out when the weather is fine, when everything's going swimmingly and It's easy to be a good Christian, it's easy to be a, a child of God when everything's going great, isn't it? It's easy to preach the gospel, it's easy to be in faith because you're getting all the things that you expect. It's easy to have love for other people. You should always measure someone in the middle of a storm. Always measure them when they're under pressure. I'm not saying we go around judging people. I'm saying if you're trying to measure someone, if you're looking at someone and wondering who they really are, have a look during a storm. And if that person is responding in a God way, responding with love, standing in faith, not wavering, not turning back from the plow, that's a good measure, isn't it? That's someone who knows how to stand in God, that's someone who has a deep foundation someone who has a strong foundation so the first point was build a strong foundation, the second point was more of God to build that foundation And the third point was know your why, know why you're doing this, once you understand your why, I guarantee you're going to be more passionate and more motivated to build your foundation praise God praise God, yeah yeah, praise God Uh, In fact, we will praise God. Can we have the band up, please?